0: up there when we were singing that song, and I just kept thinking of Jericho walls are quaking. Amen? Amen. Jericho. I tell you, there's some people out here that have some Jericho walls around them that God is going to shake, quake, and break. Amen? He's going to quake, shake, and break those walls down, and He's going to come in like a flood. Amen. Hallelujah. Them Jericho walls are breaking today. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. God is good, amen. Some um, Jericho walls are quaking. Hallelujah. God is breaking through because the Father's in the room. Amen. The father's in this room right now, right here. Two or more are gathered. He's with us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Thank you, Father. Grace, can you come on down? We're going to take up an offering. And we're going to have kids church today. And which uh, day have you picked for our practices? All right. Why don't we talk about that after we take up an offering? Amen? Perfect, Joe. You can set them right down there. Perfect. Thank you, sir. Father, I thank you and I praise you for this day. I thank you, Lord God, that you're in charge and you're large and in charge. And I just give you, Lord God, the reins, Lord Jesus, if we are trusting you and walking in faith, believing that with you, we can do all things and through all things that we can survive because you're with us. And Lord, you will lead us and guide us and Lord, I thank you, Lord God, for Your hands upon each one of us here, upon our businesses, upon our places of work, upon our employers. Lord God, wherever we go, we take the light with us, Lord Jesus. And I pray wherever we go, we bring a blessing, Lord God. And joy and peace and patience and kindness and self-discipline. Wherever we go, because of who is in us. And that we're trusting in you, Lord God, for all things, for our healing to our bodies, our healings to our nation, the healings of this church. I believe, Lord God, that Jericho walls are breaking. They've been broken when Pastor Anderson spoke the word. And Lord God, we're believing it and we're walking in it in Jesus' name. And Lord, I believe in Jesus' name that you will prosper us, that we will be in good health that none of us here will have any sickness or disease come near our tent. As we read this week in Psalms 91, Lord Jesus, let it be in our hearts. And Lord, we're believing for all of our provision. Lord God, it doesn't matter what happens in the world. We're not, we're not relying on the world's economy. We're relying on you, Jesus, as our provider. God, Jehovah Jireh our provider and jehovah Rapha, our healer and we believe that in jesus name and jehovah shama that wherever we go you're present with us lord jesus and lord we just give you lord god all of our ties we give you lord god our offering to you lord jesus we come offering to you into your kingdom lord god where it's eternal and I just thank you and I praise you for all those that, are, that have been giving faithfully, Lord God, to the ministry, to the church, to the works of the church. And if it wasn't for them, Lord God, we wouldn't be here. And if it wasn't for you, Lord God, being persistent in our lives, Lord God, we wouldn't be here. And we just give you all the praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, Julie has an announcement. We're going to have Kids Church right after this announcement. So, kids get ready to go. Jericho walls are quaking. Holy cow. What do you have with you? Do you want me to carry that back for you?
1: Huh? (laughs) You should have carried it down from the house. Then it was filled with coffee pots. Um... I just brought it up because I said to Stella, I said, <laughs> it's, you know, there's bag ladies and then there's basket ladies. <laughs> basket <cases>. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I brought my calendar with me and I'll tell you what I'm thinking because, uh, you know, we, uh, In our house, we are, I am, (laughs) debating, like, can we pull this off by Christmas, all that I want to do. And, um, but Chris and his prayers this morning and our prayers together, I just know he gave me the final blessing, like, and I felt God say, do it. And so, I'm thinking, like, I'm willing to do two nights at least a week. Uh, I'm thinking Friday and Saturday. And are you guys still having youth group in December? All right, because I'm going to... This is the other thing I think the Lord has been saying. Community unity. (laughs) Community unity. And I feel like... Uh, This week, I'm going to be making some calls and calling some people. And I feel like this effort that we're doing, which is to bring the message of Christ from birth to, to resurrection, that it is a salvation message. And what we're going to do is we're going to call the pastor's that Chris was ordained with, um, Daryl, Brian, Bob, in this area. Lenny's not in the area, but he might be for Christmas. Um. Anyway, we're gonna call them, and because uh, the Lord's been giving me like these songs and seeing different people in them, like s- thinking, oh, that would be good for Daryl, or that would be good for. Jason or you know what of course Jordan does most of them (laughs) Jordan's gonna be the star (laughs) we got to take a picture of you Jordan put it in the paper (laughs) and he is a star and you're all stars (laughs) but um so anyway back to business so I'm, and Lizzie's back there calculating in her head. I can see her. So this is what I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, two nights a week at least, I'm willing to make it any night uh, that, except for Wednesday night. Wednesday night is for prayer and healing. And I'm encouraging you all to come to prayer and healing service. Uh, we want to have communion at that time. And to lay, to focus also on the prayer and healing, like the laying on of hands. That's what Jesus did. He healed everyone. And all I get is reports of sickness everywhere. You know, everywhere. It's like everywhere. God is going to be sending his gifts to his people. And we need to start practicing. We need to be ready. We need to... Let that faith build up in us. Let that lift that though your hands when you worship in the morning, lift your hands to the Lord. Ask for the anointing. Ask for the anointing on your hands. So that when you pray for someone, it doesn't have to be me and Chris. And trust me, we've prayed for many people and have not seen them be healed, right? You can't get discouraged over that because there are reasons here and there and all over the place, and you can't dwell on that. You have to have faith. You have to believe God's word is true. You have to believe healing is for today. And if anybody tells you different, walk away. Because it's for today, and his gift is coming. And he's going to use it in the church. And he's going to use it for salvation because he wants... To save people's lives. (laughs) (laughs) So. Did I. Oh Lord. I don't want to manipulate. (laughs) I don't want to have any. Like. But I want you to pray. And I want you to seek the Lord. Because. Look kids. This. This. Of all the time of the year that you can pull people in to the church, to the Father's house, it's Christmas time. And we got to buckle up, right? We got to buckle up. We got to strengthen up. We got to work out. We got to... Who said the other day in a song, you have to do your cardio? Oh, that was Aaron in that video. You got to get ready. This is a this is a work. We have 3 weeks till we before Christmas. <laughs> well, it's a little over 3 weeks. It's actually like 4 weeks. But so we have to pray over this. We need you praying, and I'm going, to tell, I'm going to challenge you, challenge you, challenge you. If you can't make it on Wednesday, get on your knees at 7 o'clock. We can't get on our knees. We need to get on our knees. Because you know why? It's supernatural. Amen. It's supernatural. Now, those who have bad knees, God understands. Lay on your belly or something. But get down before the Lord. (laughs) Julia, you need healing. (laughs) We're believing for your healing, right? So, uh, and I'm sure Chris probably has this great message, so I'm sorry. But give it. All right, so I'm thinking Friday, Saturday. And I'm going to be calling Michelle to see if... Michelle Reynolds,
0: not your Michelle, Mama.
1: To see if if her kids want to be involved yeah. in a ch- in a teen choir, because then they can just come up here, and we'll feed you. We'll feed, feed you. We're
0: gonna pay, pay for pizza here.
1: We'll feed yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wonderful, wonderful, powerful message. I was telling Chris, I. I was telling Chris that I want when people come in, you know, we have had so many reports of people coming in and we just look at each other and go, what? (laughs) They come in and they feel the presence of God because it's not about us. It is about God. Jesus, he's here. His Holy Spirit is here, right? They feel it. But I want them to come in to a place where they feel it so strongly. They feel it here. They feel him here. They feel it so powerfully. Amen. And that comes through the unity of the body. Because that's when he that's when he he always shows up. I don't like it when people say his show up. He's already here. When we're here, he's here. But what does is he rises up he rises up he rises up in you all of you i think about it all week you're you are meant you are called to do powerful things for the lord to be filled with his power for such a time as this so i'm planning this friday and saturday 7 p.m we'll feed you If you can't come to both, that's fine. You can come to one. Somebody else might come to another. It doesn't have to be everybody, okay? And we can change the dates or add dates for people who need dates added. We'll need help with all kinds of things. Decorating, food, lighting, electricity.
0: Fog machine.
1: Fog machine. And I would love, love, I've always wanted to do a what? Guess. Close? <laughs> you know, that's number two, Grace. <laughs> that's the strawberry parade. Yeah, I go to the Cornwall Trail. A live nativity. People love live nativities. And we got the cows. <laughs> We're gonna have to make a really strong coop, <laughs> <group. laughs> <Activity laughs> So they don't like fly up. Hey, we got the rails. Yeah.
0: So seven o'clock, Friday Saturday.
1: Yes, for this week.
0: Not this Saturday. This well, Friday, this oh, Saturday. Not this Saturday. It Friday. Friday.
1: Oh,
0: that's right. Well it, so Friday.
1: We'll change it. Friday for sure.
0: Friday this week. Now I just want to c- confirm with you, you call him Michelle. I talked I thought about calling Daryl and talking to Daryl about his kids getting involved. And I know Bob Harris would love to have his kids, if he has any, down there to be involved too. Cause they've offered to come up before, Bob Harris says. So just confirmation. Just want to let you know. Thank you, Jesus. So are you excited? Why don't you guys all get a coffee and donut now? (laughs) Lord. All right, we're going to get started. I'm going to pray. Father, open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to receive all that you have for us today with this message. I pray that you would speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of the message is Being Filled with the Holy Spirit. How do you become filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you know that in all my years of being a Christian, which is only 26, 27 years now, that I have never heard a teaching on how to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Never. I've never heard another person preach about it. I never had direction from anybody or any kind of uh, leading. In that direction. So, I'll tell you. I'll tell you my story. (laughs) When I received salvation, I was asked. Would you like to receive the Holy Spirit? And of course, I said, yes, I would love to receive the Holy Spirit. Right? And then I was coached through speaking in tongues. Because they said that speaking in tongues is a manifestation of being filled with the Holy Spirit or receiving the Holy Spirit. So I remember clear as day right over here, right behind Jordan, on the back wall in the church is when I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I asked him into my heart. And then at the same time, Pastor Tom McDonald at that time, who led me to the Lord, said to me, he goes, now would you like to receive the Holy Spirit? I said, sure. And he goes, now we're going to want to You're going to want to believe in faith, and you're going to want to speak in tongues. So he just kind of led me along. He's encouraging me. It wasn't more coaxing. It was more of an encouragement. He started to speak in tongues. And he said, just let your tongue out. Just let your tongue out. Just let your tongue out. And I'm like, and the whole time in my head, I'm thinking this is all crazy and bizarre to me, because you have to understand, I didn't come from within the church. Right, And it took a while, but it, by faith I was believing, and I just started to speak in tongues. And I can tell you, my tongues, when I first started, was all like, Ah, ba, shabba, ba, ba, ya, yeah, ba, you know, ya, yeah, ba, ba. It was all a lot of ba's. <laughs> you know, because I didn't know what I was saying at first, and still didn't understand it. And didn't understand the whole concept of it. Because I was just, a, you know... I didn't have the Word. I didn't have a Bible at that time. I didn't know anything about the Word. I didn't know anything about God, except that I knew that He created heaven and earth. All right? So, but as the years have gone by, I believe my praying in tongues has grown. It's like anything else. You know, it's like being in first grade when you first receive the Lord. Kindergarten, even. And being, and, and then you go through all your years in school, and by the end of your twelfth year of school, you graduate. Right? It's the same thing with being a Christian. You know, you're you're a baby Christian at first. Paul Paul explains it like you're on milk before you can eat the meat. You know, so you gotta you kind of grow in the Lord, and it takes time. It just doesn't. You just don't go from kindergarten to twelfth grade. You know, I don't know of anybody who's ever done that. <laughs> but it's like that with the, with the Lord. It's like that with your, it's like that with walking in faith and walking through, with the Holy Spirit. You learn and you grow, you know. And then the more you pray in tongues, the more you speak in tongues, you know, your tongue, your, your prayers in tongues, you know, it, it grows too with you. And you know, I don't speak a lot in tongues in the church because you know I need an interpreter and I have to interpret the tongue a lot. Because that's how the word says it. When you speak in tongues, you need to have somebody to interpret. Because speaking in tongues isn't just for believers, it's for non believers. Because you look what happened on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell upon the disciples. They went out and they spoke in other tongues. But those other tongues were different languages that other people knew and understood, and they were amazed. Now, if I just rattle off a tongue here without an interpretation, nobody would know what I'm saying. Except for the Holy Spirit and the angels. Right? Unless I had an interpretation. But I say that not to discourage you to speak in tongues. Because that's your personal prayer life with God. So when, I, when I'm alone a lot or when I'm in my car or truck driving a lot, I will speak in a tongue. Even if I don't speak it out loud, sometimes I'll just speak it out loud. But I'll, I'll pray it in my head. Just like I pray in my, just like your thoughts, you can think and you can pray within yourself. Because a lot of times with my conversations that I have with people, I am praying and I'm like, Lord, what is, the, what is it that you really want out of this conversation? You know, why is this person here? Why are they coming back? Like, I've prayed that with uh, some of our employees that have been returning back to work for us. And I asked God, I said, Lord, why are they coming back? They know where I stand with God. They know that I'm a pastor, but they're coming back. A lot of them, you know. So, you know, I'm seeking and I'm asking God for direction. You know, and I know it's for salvation. I know it's for salvation. Because that's what the Lord wants, is He wants people to be saved. But I'll also pray in a tongue. and And I'll believe that God will hear my prayers, and He'll answer them. But I also believe that being filled with the Holy Spirit and receiving the Holy Spirit when you first get saved, actually is very important. Super important. You know, it's like step one, step two. Not that you can ever put steps or put God in a formula. You can't. All right? But it's really important when it comes to reading the word. When it comes to reading the Bible, you pray, and you should pray this prayer every time before you read it. Lord, open my eyes, open my ears, open my heart to receive all that you have for me out of your word. Let it be a light to my feet. Let it be a lamp for my path. And you should pray that every time. Because I'm going to tell you reading the Bible without the Holy Spirit is just like reading any other book. You're not going to really get much out of it. You're not going to really understand it. You need the Holy Spirit's guidance when you read it. And I believe that's really important when you When you receive the Holy Spirit, when you start to read God's Word, because that's really your next step in your Christian walk after you becoming, getting saved. You get saved, you receive the Holy Spirit, then you get in God's Word because you want to know who God is. You want to know what you just did and the meaning of it. And you want to understand it and you want to get it in your heart. Amen? I know when I first got saved, I got into God's Word, and I destroyed Bibles. I ripped through Bibles. I literally have my Bible that actually my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law at that time, Michelle and John, they got me my first Bible. And it's literally, it's an NIV Bible, and it's literally fallen apart. Half of it's missing. The other half is marked all up. And I mark up all my Bibles, and I encourage you, you know, to highlight things that God speaks to you. You know? Because God speaks to you through His Word. And you highlight those. I highlight those things and I try to memorize those. Because those are all just tools that we hide in our heart. That we have. And those are the things that God puts in our heart for each one of us. And some of those things are very personal. And they're very dear. You know. And, and, they're, and they're scriptures that nobody can take from you. Because you know that you know that you know in your heart of hearts that God gave you that word. And you're, and, and no matter what anybody says, is going to say no difference about it. And I tell you, you cannot argue with the God, with the word, with God's word. You can't argue with it. It's undisputable. It's, it's. You can't dispute it. And when God gives you a word, you know it. You know it because you stand on it and you believe it with all your heart, strength, soul, mind, and body. Amen. So without the Holy Spirit, when you read God's Word, you read it like it's a book. And it doesn't really penetrate into your heart, or it doesn't really make sense a lot of times. Because there's a lot of mysteries and parables, and you know, when you get into the book of Daniel and Revelation, that's all pretty hard to understand, even for Christians. But That's why you have to pray, Lord, open my eyes, open my mind, open my heart, open my ears. But when you read the word with the Holy Spirit, God, that's what God does. He opens that up to you. He opens up understanding to you that you really wouldn't understand. The only way I can describe it is like all of a sudden the light comes on, you know, and you're like, that's what he's talking about, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty thick-skulled at times. You know, my wife, you know, I would say that I'm stalwart, but I'm pretty steadfast in my belief. And I'm pretty immovable at times. It can be very stubborn, more stubborn than an old goat. Okay. But I'm just never going to give up. I've just made it up my mind. And no matter what happens, I mean, you'd have to take my last breath away from me and all my strength. You know, and still then I'm going to still try to fight. So first we receive the Holy Spirit, but now we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So how do we do that? How do we become filled? You know, receiving the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit, I believe, are two different things. You know, you receive the Holy Spirit when you receive salvation, but you're really not filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Let me ask you this question. Who is in the air? Who is the power of the air? Satan, right? Satan has the power, the spiritual forces of evil. We fight not against flesh and blood, right? In Ephesians 6, chapter 6, verses 10 through 12, the Apostle Paul, and you, got, and you might think, well, you're changing the subject here, but this is really important because I want you to get this. It says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I don't know about you, but this last week we had a spiritual attack in our home on Julie and I. And I told her, I said, this is... This is a ruler. This is an authority. This is a spiritual force of evil in high places, in heavenly places. And we need to come against it in Jesus' name. And this is what's going to happen to Christians in these end days. And the attacks are going to be stronger. So we need to be ready. You need to be prepared to be able to battle and to be able to fight. And, and you need to know, like Mom said, to know the difference. But you need to have discernment. And you need to take authority over it in Jesus' name. Right? So be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Now, if you read the whole chapter of Ephesians 6, which you should, and I would encourage you to, it talks about all the armor that you put on. And all the different things that the, does, the armor does. So that you can stand against the devil's schemes. You know, the devil is out there scheming all the time. And your battle is not against flesh and blood. This is really important. Your battle is not with your spouse. Your battle is not with your friends. Your battle is not with your family members. It's not flesh and blood. It's the rulers, it's the authorities of darkness in high places that you're battling. It's not the person. It's what's going on with the person through the devil and how the devil's using them or you. So you got to remember that. And you got to you got to attack the source because it doesn't do any good to attack the person. Does it? It doesn't do any good to attack the person. You don't get anywhere. You can't fight You can't fight a spiritual battle in the flesh. You see we are fighting a battle all the wrong way. We as Christians forgot how to really fight a battle. We fight the battle like we're all William Wallace out there with our swords on our horses. In Braveheart. That's how we want to fight. That's how we want to be, right? You know? I'll be honest. Braveheart's a great movie, you know? Mel Gibson's a great actor. You know, and that was a great part he played. I want to be like William Wallace, but I'm not. I'm Chris. Okay. Okay. So the devil is going to win that battle every time. When you go to fight a spiritual battle in the flesh, the devil's going to win it every time. Every time. So what do we do? And how do we fight? Well, first, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, let me ask you a question. What does the Holy Spirit represent? What does the Holy Spirit represent? The Holy Spirit, God, yes, but the representation of the Holy Spirit is water. Water, Isaiah. Chapter 44, verse 3 says, For I will pour out water on the thirsty land and streams. Another word for water is Holy Spirit in the Bible. You can say, I will pour out the Holy Spirit on the thirsty land and streams. On the dry ground, I will pour out my Spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. Correct? John 4, 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst, but water... That I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. You see, we need to be washed in the word. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question. How, and think about this, because this goes on to Ephesians 6.10. This this ties back to Ephesians 6.10. How do you get all the air out of an object? How do you get all the air out of an object? Colin, How do you get all the air? How would I get all the air out of this jar? You You
1: fill it with water.
0: Right? You fill it with water. So you take water and you pour it in this jar. See, this is what it's like. When you first get saved and receive the Holy Spirit, you get a little bit, right? Because God's never going to give you more than you can bear. That's what it says in the Word. He's not going to give you more than what you know how to use it with. So to get all the air out of this jar, I have to fill it all the way to the top with water. Now there is no air in there, is there? No air. Think about that in your life. Think. I want you to look at yourself as this jar. Is that who you are? You're a vessel to be filled by the Holy Spirit. Correct. And you have to empty the vessel. Of all the air. Correct? you got to empty the vessel of all the air. Everything that's not good is coming out of you. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you, you apply the blood. You accept Him. You receive the Holy Spirit. You get filled a little bit. In order for you to be filled to the top of that jar... You need to empty yourself out. You need to get all that air, all those, everything that's in you that's not good, that's not of God. My pastor used to say, Chris, you need to die to yourself. And he would tell that to me and Julie. We need to die to ourselves, and we do need to die to ourselves. Because until we do, until we become truly empty, we can never truly be filled. There is no air in that water for you to breathe and sustain your life unless you're Aquaman or Aquawoman. Okay, you're not going to live underwater too long. And if you were to take a big enough container and put your head in it, you're going to become up gasping for air. But if you fill up your spirit, man, with water that's living then you're going to drive out all the air, all of the world, all of the spiritual forces of evil in high places that are in your life. You're going to give it all up to God. And the only way to do that is by getting into God's Word. The only way to be filled with the Holy Ghost Like that jar is filled to the top is by knowing who God is. And the only way to know who God is is by reading his word. In his word is everything you need to know about your life. Everything you need to know about who God is. You don't need to worry about having a man because God is the greatest man there is. You don't need to worry about having a friend because God is the greatest friend there is. You don't need to worry about anything because man, you don't need to worry about food because man does not live on bread alone but by the word of God. The word is all powerful, as mom said. Romans twelve two, it says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew know your mind? By reading His Word. We need to be in His Word. When you read His Word, it fills us, not just with water, but with living water. Living water. It pushes all that should be there out. When you pour It pushes all that shouldn't be there out. Let's put it that way. When you pour water into an object, it fills every part of that object. You can have an object with different shapes and sizes. As soon as you start pouring water in it, it's going to fill that whole object. And let me tell you something. Water will find every little crack, every little pinhole there is and escape. It will. Just like your body, your vessel. When we get filled with the Holy Spirit, like that jar, it goes through all parts of your body. From your starch to your toes. It's going to start at the bottom and work its way up. Right? And it gets up to the arms. It's going to go and fill one arm. Then it's going to go and fill the other arm until it gets to your head and it's going to overflow. It's going to fill every part of your body. When you're in God's word like that, it fills every part of your body. That's why we need to be filled. We need to be filled like this. And you know what? We need to stay filled. It's not just it's not just one and done. You know, you can't just read the Word today and skip it the rest of the week. The days of that living are long gone. We're living in the end days. We need to be in that Word every day. Like it is bread, like it is life. Because it is. You can't make it just by coming to church one day a week in this world. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit all the time. And you can't ask for signs, wonders, and miracles if you're not. Everybody wants signs, wonders, and miracles, right? Everybody wants to perform them, but they don't want to do the work that it takes. You know, you got to do the work. You got to be in the Word. You got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. John four ten says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that ask you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So everything you read, God's word, you are adding more and more and more and more. Every time you get into God's word, you're adding more and more and more of that living water into your body. You are filling your Holy Spirit with that living water. And you know, your body, what is it made of? What's the majority of your body? It's water. I don't know, it's like 90 some percent, isn't it? Something crazy. So every time you read it, you're filling it, you're charging it. And you have to keep it full. You can't expect to do great and mighty things on an empty tank. Can you? You can't. You can't drive your car on E for too long before it dies and pulls over. So you have to pull over. The same thing with being a Christian. We have to be full of the Holy Spirit in order to keep going. Because I'm going to tell you, things are not going to get easier for us. The word tells us it's not. I would be lying if I told you it was. The great thing is that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life and when we get to heaven that we'll get to share in eternity with Jesus and all our loved ones that's gone before us, that known God. That's the great that's your reward. But you have to keep your tank full. You can't run on fumes for so too long, and I'm going to tell you some of us are running on fumes. We can't you can't run on fumes for too long. The motor's going to stop. You have to fill the tank with God's word. You have to be in God's word and you have to be keeping it full. And you got to be listening for the Holy Spirit. You know, there are many people out there speaking or seeking spiritual things and they want spiritual gifts. They don't want to do the work for them. And some of the things they're, they're seeking and they're finding. You know, I don't know where they're getting their fuel from, but it's not the same fuel I've been getting. You got to be careful about the wrong sources of fuel that people are seeking. And that's where discernment comes in. You have to have discernment. And one of the ways that you can just easily find out is just by asking, them, well, how much are you reading the Word? How much you're in the Word? How much are you in prayer? How much are you seeking God? Or what are you seeking? Are you seeking the crystals? Are you seeking, you know, psychics? Because a lot of people are seeking spiritual things. But they're seeking the wrong things. They're getting their fuel from the wrong sources. It's simple. It's this simple. If they're not in the Word, then it's not of God and it's not the Holy Spirit. It's that simple. You know, there's no way around it. It's that simple. If they're not in the Word, then it's not of God. And it's not the Holy Spirit. It's how you discern. That's why we have to be washed, renewed, regenerated, and filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit, with the Word of God. So if you desire that, Then get into His Word. Then I would encourage you to get into His Word. If you desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit to overflow, then the only way is to get into His Word in prayer. Seek God with all your heart. Lead not on your own understandings and all your ways. Acknowledge Him, and He'll make your path straight. Seek Him. You know, this week I want us to read, I'm going to read it to you. I want us to read Romans. Chapter 8, and I'm going to close with this. It's a whole chapter, but I want you to do this this week. Not only do I want you to do this and read Romans 8, I want you to take notes on it. I want you to meditate on it. Because we really need to be reading just more than one chapter a week. You know, you really need to be in the Word of God. But Romans chapter 8 is powerful. It's life through the Spirit. And it's really good that you meditate on it. You know, read it over, just like we read Psalms 91 last week. How did you guys do? Good on Psalms 91? <laughs> Twice a day, there you go. Praise God. That's what we need to do. Don't And don't be discouraged if you don't do it every week, every day. I don't want you to get discouraged, but I want you to be encouraged. Because even if you missed a day or two days, you read it five days. Right? Praise God for that. How many did you read the week before? Look at it like that. You're growing. We're growing, church. We're growing. <laughs> that was bad English. we growing. we growing. we all growing. Let me read this to you. Life through the Spirit. There, listen, this is how it starts off. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. See, God doesn't want you to feel condemnation. So don't beat yourself up about it. Just get up the next morning and say, okay, I'm going to start new. I'm going to start afresh. Amen? Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weak, it was weakened, let's see, it was weak, weakened by the sinful nature. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin and sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. Who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their mind set on what the nature desires, what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Think about that. Peace. Do you have peace? Do you have peace? The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if Anyone does not have the spirit of Christ. He does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation. It is not to the sinful nature to living according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons, and I'm going to add, daughters of God. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So think about that. Everything that you're going through compares to nothing for the glory that's going to be revealed in you on the day you meet Jesus. Amen? Amen? The creation waits in eager expectations for the sons of God to be revealed. I believe this is prophetic right here. Because I believe this is for the end times. Because all creation is eagerly awaiting people, women and men, sons and daughters to rise up in these end days to be revealed. To stand up for the gospel, to stand up for God's word, and not be shaken. I believe that's a prophetic sign for the end times. It says all creation is waiting eagerly. You know, creation is waiting for you. Waiting for you. It's like a wake-up call. It's like God is shaking you. Come on, you're a son and daughter. You proclaim To be a son and a daughter. You're an heir to the throne. It's time to take your place. You know, it's like the wandering prince who's the next heir for the throne, whose father dies, but he's out wandering around, living until somebody comes and finds him. This is like a movie. It says, You are the king. You are a king. You are a queen. And it's time you take your place and lead and live like a king or a queen. Amen? It's time. All creation is waiting. Do you know what that's like? I'm getting excited because I can just think of the angels up there cheering us on. I can see angels up there saying, come on, I'm waiting for you. I know it's in you because he's in you. It's in you. Jesus is in you. His blood runs through your veins. You have been created in His image. You are being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's in you. You guys are powerhouses and you don't even know it. Each one of us is a powerhouse. dynamo, Dynamite was inside of you. Where am I? (laughs) Creation is awaiting for you. All creation, not just the angels. But you know what? What did Jesus say when he came in to um, Jerusalem, riding on a donkey? And the Pharisees told him, you need to quiet your your disciples, quiet this crowd down. And Jesus said to him, if I quiet them down, then surely the rocks will cry out. all even the rocks are waiting. You're eagerly waiting for you to rise up. Even the rocks, all creation, it says. That means everything God has created that has breath and not even breath. For the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. In hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage of, to decay. And brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Look at even creation. Hallelujah. Even creation is suffering decay, just like we suffer decay. We're a point in the time to live and a point in the time to die. Ever since sin came into the world, even creation is dying because of that sin. But when we get to heaven, guess what? Creation is no longer going to die. And neither are we. Because there's trees up there that are 6,000 years old. The tree of life. Amen. Amen. Heaven, there is no decay, there is no death. And when Jesus comes down and he takes care of the devil with just a word, just a word. And he doesn't even have to lift a finger cuz he's going to dispatch his angels to take care of that sucker. You know what I'm saying? We don't even have to mess with them. We don't even have to mess with them. You know I I I uh Lester Samaroff, great teacher, powerful man of God, was in Africa one time on the mission field. And the devil came to him at night and shook and rattled his bed and threw him out of the bed. This is his bed. He so said he shook the bed and moved him out of the bed and threw him out of the bed. The devil did while he was sleeping. You know what he did? He didn't go running out of there, out of his room in fear. He just said to the devil, devil, get out of here. And he went back to laying down the bed. And then he got to thinking, he says, wait a minute, my bed is not in the same spot that it was in when I first laid down it. Devil, put that bed back where it belongs and then get out of here. That's how we need to treat him. Amen. You just leave me alone. As a matter of fact, you have no authority. It's all false. It's all a lie. Everything the devil is, is a lie. He has no authority. He has no real power. Everything he does is smoke and mirrors. It's all a lie. Literally. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's to cause fear in you. And doubt. And disbelief. All you got to do is you do what Lester Sommerall said. You said, "Get out of here, devil," and you leave in Jesus' name and never come back. And matter of fact, don't try to steal anything out of my house because if you do, you're going to pay back seven times for that. Amen. There's things that the devil has stolen from us because he's a thief. There's things he's stolen from us that you just say, "No, I want that back." You bring that back, I want it with interest. Okay? Thank you, Jesus. We know the whole creation is groaning as the pains of childbirth. Right up to this present time, not only so, but we ourselves. We have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in his hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what already has? Who hopes for what he already has? Nobody. Nobody hopes for something they already have. But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son. That He might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those He predestined, He also called. And those He called, He also justified. And those He justified, He also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, then who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns Christ Jesus who died? More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, and also For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Amen. That's the scripture I want you to read. And I want you to believe it, because you are more than conquerors. You are more than conquerors. You are a dynamo. And in these end days, we need to be like this jar. (coughs) Filled. No air. Just pure water. Holy Spirit, living water. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you, Lord, and praise you for this day. Lord, I pray, Lord the God, that any word that I said that it was not of you would just fall away. Lord God, I don't want any part of me in there. I want all of you in there, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that, Lord, that Lord what is of you, Lord God, would, would just speak to our hearts, would open our eyes, open our ears, our spirit, man, to receive all that you have. And we receive it today, Lord God. And we believe, Lord God, that you are for us. You're for us. You're not against us. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If anybody needs prayer, please come up. I'll be glad to pray for you and anoint you with oil. Amen.